We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexis Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast, presented by State Farm, by the way. Uh, I'm Alexi Lawless. And this is the State of the Union, where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses. This man over here is my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David Mossy, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer and researcher extraordinaire. Mossy, how you doing on this? I don't know what the hell day it is, but how you doing today? I am doing well and very happy to be here, as you can tell by the big smile on my face. Have you been t- told to, uh, you know... Um, Lighten it up or what? Uh, are you bringing the, uh, the Grim Reaper vibes out there or what? On our last pod, mm. I had a scowl on my face during it, and <laughs> our colleague Brad Weimer took a picture of that and circulated it to everybody in the Fox uh, Sports group here. And wow. it became this very popular meme today. I had, had no idea. 20 different people come up to me and crack a joke about it. I tell it. you what, we will get our crack staff on that, and maybe we can accumulate some of those uh, pictures and memes. I mean... I, I, I don't know what they look like. I couldn't possibly fathom what they look like. But maybe in a, a future show, we'll show the people what people are doing behind the scenes. In my defense, doing a pod with yourself, Heather O'Reilly, and Stu, it did feel like being the one sober guy at a bar surrounded by drunk people. <laughs> oh, buddy. All right, listen. Um, where should we start here? We come to you, for those that uh, aren't watching, again, from down here, uh, down under, in our incredible Fox set. Uh, what day is this? What what, uh, what do they call the match day? What what are we uh, looking at? It's Monday here where we're recording today, but uh, match day, day four, four day is four. what we call this. And your buddy Rob Stone dubbed this Contender Sunday. He likes to brand things, and so the fact that Sweden, the Netherlands, and France were all in action, he dubbed it Contender Sunday. He loves to dub things that Rob Stone, no. um, but he's good at it. So all right, Contender Sunday. I'll I'll, uh, I'll go with that. Uh, should we start with the uh, Sweden game? Sure. Um, Sweden. They are not our not our nemesis, but when I talk about our, I mean the United States women's national team, but someone that we have come up against time and time again. So much so that this is the first time uh, that they haven't been in our group since when? I think 1999. 1999. That's uh, that's pretty incredible. So this is the first time that we are seeing Sweden. They're they're always kind of hanging around, and uh, there was a point today where. There was history in the making, history in the offing, uh, when, uh, when the scoreline was, uh, what was it, one nothing, right? Correct. Sweden is ranked third in the world, South Africa 54th. 
51 spot difference. That would have been the biggest upset in women's World Cup history per the FIFA rankings, but it was not to be because Sweden rallied and ended up winning 2-1. to one. Sweden said this is not going to happen on our watch here at this point. They did, uh, they did rally, and it was fun because, you know, look, we, we tell it like it is, Mossy. We have not had... We have not had an incredible game yet. And even this, this, Swiss, uh, the, this Sweden game was not an incredible game. We have not had a really um, excitable type of 90 minutes that we can point to and say, wow, it's going to come. Don't, uh, don't worry. But this is a slow burn of a World Cup uh, right now. And not just in terms of the scores, but I think in, in terms of the cagey way that it's being played out. I, I will also say, Mossy, that the... The notion that many of us had coming into this World Cup, that because of the expansion, because of eight debutantes, and because of just the, the general disparity that exists between the, the elites and everybody else, that we were going to see some bigger scores, that we were going to see some more lopsided types of affairs. We haven't seen the big scores, notwithstanding Japan beating Zambia 5-0. We haven't seen major lopsided scores, and more importantly, I think the, the competitive side of, of it has been surprisingly good and balanced in a way that I think says that other teams have a recognition that even though they might have not may not have the history might not even have the resources when it comes to the on the field from a tactical perspective understanding what they can and cannot do and a possession standpoint which has really been impressive to me they can keep themselves in games and whether they are you know getting a point here or there or losing by one goal you know some really Interesting performances that should be put uh, that should be put up there. You know this this South Africa team coming in against a team like Sweden. As we said at, at one point, there was history in the offing, and even though it didn't end up the way that they wanted, and ultimately they lost on a uh, on a set piece, it, it's they still have to leave that field feeling good about themselves, feeling at least a sense of uh, a sense of pride in the first game, and there's still plenty to play for. And now they've put everybody else on notice that it's not just going to be pushover city for a lot of these teams, not just South Africa. Now, Sweden is my pick to win. Though, I know. I was so thinking about I was it while I was watching. very stupid there at one point, even more so than I usually do. <laughs> uh, but they did rally to get the W. Fidelina Rofo, who I've predicted would win the yeah, Golden Ball. Yeah, you talked about her, too. She scored, although I'm not sure she knew much about it. Nope, uh, she didn't she, know anything about it. Um, but, yeah, not an impressive start for Sweden at all. Although, as you mentioned, the flip side of the story is give credit to South Africa. And you're right. So far, there's no team we've watched that you've thought, boy, that team has no business being at a World Cup. Right. So despite expanding the field, so far so good as far as the competitive balance of the, team, of the tournament. Uh, all right. So then that was the first day, our first game. Uh, I was in early, and then I was uh, doing some digital stuff for the second game. Second game, Netherlands-Portugal. In and of itself would be an interesting uh, game, given uh, the rise of Portugal, and now we get to see Portugal at a World Cup. And obviously, from a, uh, a Group E standpoint, this is the first time that we are seeing the other two opponents when it comes to the, uh, the U.S. Again, not a particularly entertaining game. The Netherlands, which is, uh, as we mentioned, the U.S.'s next opponent, um, was ultimately good enough to win the game, but did not set down a mark. And I think this is the other theme in that very we have yet to see an elite team come in and announce their presence with authority, as the saying goes. Now, we still have Germany coming tomorrow. We still have Brazil coming tomorrow. So that certainly could change. But this also did nothing to change that theme when the Netherlands uh, finish up 1-0. Yeah, they get the win. That's all that ultimately matters. But it wasn't a, uh, let's put this in the uh, Hall of Fame or in a time capsule type of performance.
Although I will say Portugal is not your typical debutante. I think they are by far the strongest of the eight debutantes. So I don't look at them as an opponent where you're going to put on a show and roll up some crazy scoreline. Uh, so I'm not as bothered by the Dutch performance as I was by some others that I saw in the last couple days from supposed contenders. Uh, they got the three points. Uh, the only thing I will say, and unfortunately this is going to be a theme throughout my commentary of this tournament, they do miss Vivian Miedema. We have lots of big stars missing this tournament due to injury, and that's one where you could see the drop-off there. At least you still have Lika Martins, you still have an emerging star in Brooks, but uh, not having one of the top five players in the world, you could really feel her absence today. All right, let's move on to the third game of the day. France 0, Jamaica 0, and it was at times as boring as it sounds. Not always. Uh, I think, you know, France, I, I thought France came out actually pretty, you know, pretty urgent in the first 20 minutes. And they, it seems like they, they took their foot off, uh, off the pedal. And look, everybody's missing, everybody's missing players, but this is France. And in doing so, I think that they let Jamaica feel like they could do stuff. Now, if you ever needed, as I said on air tonight, if you ever needed an example of why Jamaica is a one-woman team and why that woman is Bunny Shaw, go and look at this game. And ultimately, she gets the second yellow card. And I put that on her. Was it soft? Yes. But you're already on a yellow card from the first half. And a lot of it goes back to she tries to do everything and in many instances actually can do anything. She's back defending, which is ultimately how she gets a, uh, gets a yellow card. She's selling herself and, and you know, laying out and doing all these different, uh, different things, long-distance shots, one-on-one. And you saw that France as they would, obviously scouted and knew exactly what was going on. Immediately when she got the ball, there were three and four French defenders uh, or just players in general general around her. Now they miss her because of this, this, this yellow card. And again, I, I put it on her. In that moment, no need to go in and tackle Wendy Renard in that position at that time on a wet field. And even though you barely got her, it's a yellow card, it's not reviewable, and so ultimately she's going to miss the next game. It's, it's a massive, massive loss for this Jamaica team that held their own throughout the game and, and celebrated, rightly so, at the point against the, against the French. But, you know, now they go on, at least for the, uh, for the next game, without Bunny Shaw. Now, our colleague Mark Baggy's boy, Young, who, by the way, is pining to appear on this podcast. We'll have to have him on one of these nights. Uh, he thinks that second yellow cards that lead to a red should be reviewable. Uh, what do you make of that? I, I always say we have too much VAR, except for the moments where we don't have enough of it. <laughs> so we want more, you guys want more VAR because in this moment, I, I, the severity of that moment and the significance of that moment, I would agree. I think that it warrants, if we have the technology to look at it and make a fairer judgment in that moment that, like I said, has such ramifications, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm good with that. But again... It's a slippery slope, my friend. You keep doing it. You've you got to draw the line somewhere. You know? But again, as far as missing players, France without Katoto, Delphine Cascarino. So, again, you wonder if they have enough uh, up front uh, to win this tournament. Uh, not a great start for them under your guy, Hervé Renard. Uh, we'll see if they can bounce back. But I don't know. I came away from tonight wondering if France really is a contender to win it all. I'm not so sure. Okay. Um, do, you, do you come away with today uh, with any... Um, any change of heart when it comes to the U.S. winning this group relative to uh, the Netherlands and Portugal that we've now seen? 
I do think the U.S. will win the group, yes. Uh, after watching the Netherlands today, I would give the U.S. I said it was a 50-50 on our last pod. I would actually give the U.S. A, an edge in that game. I'd say it's 60-40 U.S. And obviously, neither France nor Jamaica give you pause uh, in terms of the U.S. winning and going forward. No, certainly not. All right. Well, listen, things, as we've seen plenty of times when we do these tournaments, there, there can be slow burns, and you need only look back to the last uh, Men's World Cup and Argentina losing that first game. Uh, sometimes that first game, you come out, and it's new surroundings, new circumstances, and things don't go as planned. A result orchestrated by Hervé Renard to and, bring it back. And then we saw him. And he looked, he looked good again tonight. Obviously, because we're down here in the winter, he was not able to sport the white shirt solo, right? He had to have a overcoat for the first half, and then it actually got even cold, and it was pouring down rain. It's the first games that we've had real massive types of rains, and he had to put an overcoat on. Although Kiara back in L.A., two thumbs down on Hervé Renard. She does not so, like him. Uh, so myself and Hervé Renard are two people that she has called unattractive recently in this pod. You might well, remember when we talked about Hervé Renard is unattractive? She says so. If Hervé Renard is unattractive, then what hope do the rest of us have? Good God. I'd, I'd like to get a look at her boyfriend because he better be like Brad Pitt with how <laughs> critical she is of every other guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Mossy. Um, another peek behind the curtain here, you know, because, we, you know, we like to we like to talk about what's going on on the field, but also, you know, what, everything that's going on off the field. So your tie does not want to move. And so this is a tie stay that we have right here. A little plastic thing. You can see it on uh, if you are watching the show. If you're listening, you can't uh, you can't see it, but you should check out the show every once in a while. So when my pot and when my tie does not move when we're on set, either because of the wind or this, the jostling thing, it's because it's being basically buck, you know, uh, buckled down for, uh, for no movement. Uh, your Brazil team, uh, yes. they show up to the scene tomorrow. We were just with uh, Ari Hanks, and she's all excited about her German team. And I said, listen, somebody's got to take the bull by the horns here. Somebody's got to come in and give us the first magical type of game where we all ooh and ah. Because so far, again, we got to call it like it is, it's been pretty slim pickings in terms of that moment. You think that uh, Brazil has the opportunity tomorrow to, to do something like that? Uh, I'm quietly optimistic about this Brazil team. I actually think they can go far. The Marta dynamic is interesting. The mm -hmm. other players on the Brazil team are really talking up the messy Marta parallels. But to be honest, where Marta's at in her career and her role on his team, it's more analogous to Cristiano Ronaldo at the last World Cup. It's a bit of an awkward one for Pia because I don't think she wants to play her all that much. She's really trying to cultivate this more intense, athletic, dynamic team. And Marta, at this point in her career, doesn't really fit into that. She's not going to press. She's not going to work hard to win the ball back. Um, so be interesting to see well, how she Pia fits. Does Pia have to start her? I mean, is, it, I is, don't it, is think, it more of a Megan Rapinoe type of situation? Where... I think it's trending more towards that. I don't okay. expect to see Marta in the starting lineup in this one. And... You know, Megan has at least publicly said that she's cool with that, Megan Rapinoe. If Marta is not starting, you think she's cool with that, or does she have a different type of personality? She said all the right things, but, man, that's They tough. always say the right things. But no player wants to, you know, look, Megan Rapinoe's also kind of done her stuff. She's, she's won everything, and so it's a little easier to, to sit back, as competitive as, as she may be. You know, Marta has not gotten to that to, to that point, and you want to be a you want to be a part of it. And look, incredible respect for one of the great players ever to play the game and what she what she has meant. But you are kind of hamstrung if you constantly have this not just person but this this legend 
sitting there if that legend is not happy about the situation uh, going forward. But you don't predict any problems ultimately when it comes to uh, who do they play tomorrow? Panama. Panama. All right. Uh, don't predict any problems? No. Debutantes, by the way, so far, 0 for 6. We have two coming up still to play Panama and Morocco. We saw what Morocco did in the men's World Cup. Be interesting to see what they can do in the women's one. Are you, uh, are you okay physically? Everything good? Uh... You know, I made a passing comment in our last pod about the fact that I'm not sleeping well, mm-hmm. and some guy tweeted me a whole list of uh, sleeping medications that are available here in Australia that I can get at a pharmacy. So uh, who knows? I might have to work off his list from now on. What, I mean legal stuff or like? Uh, it sounds a little <laughs> shady. But, uh... <laughs> Depends. It's international rules, right? All right. Well, I hope. Are you sleeping better? Uh, last night was decent. Could I just say... When we arrived here to do the yeah. show, they were still taping the Twitter show. And, man, this studio was packed, and it really cleared out. People oh. everywhere. You know, that, well, that Jimmy Conrad uh, d- does wonderful work, by the way. But, you know, he's, he's the center of attention, and rightfully so, and people want that. And then we come in, and, you know, it's kind of a, a, a step down. You know who's not here anymore? Who's that? Frances Arthur, not the first time she's Gonski. walked out on this podcast. <laughs> Bit of a Gonski. habit of hers. She produced me earlier, uh, and she was wonderful, actually. She's doing a great job. And everybody's doing a good job. And listen, we are, we are still very early days. We, we, as we mentioned, had a really long day yesterday. Nobody's complaining. Nobody's crying. These are incredible first-world problems. We are incredibly fortunate to be able to do this. But look, it, it, does, take a, it does take a toll. Um, everything going okay in terms of the uh, the writing and uh, Rob Stone and all that kind of stuff? Have you guys figured out a, a, a way to uh, to function together? I think we're off to an excellent start. Okay. Um, it, you know, we've now, we have a group at Fox that's done a bunch of World Cups together, and I, there's just a real feeling in this one of everybody knows what they're doing, and, you know, there's not that same anxiety as there's been in the past. You just sort of get down to business, and, and everybody knows their role, and I, I think it's been really smooth the f- first few days. Uh, Patamella and poop aside. That was the one little curveball. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to get some more animals on the uh, on the set. Well, look, we, we're having a wonderful time. Uh, I hope everybody is having a, a fun time watching it. I know it's not the easiest. We don't control the uh, Earth's, uh, you know, uh, rotation or anything like that. It's just the way that it is. For those of you that do wake up early or go to bed late or stay th- up through the night to watch it, uh, we can't thank you enough. I think... Uh, there are certainly those diehards that are out there, and there are those that are just going to kind of come into the tent. And part of our job is to uh, make sure that uh, that when they come into that tent, that we have something interesting to show, uh, interesting to show them. And not for nothing, but the number one team in the world and the defending World Cup champions—that's a pretty nice thing to show them when they come into the tent. And so we will continue to uh, to promote that, as we will all the other stuff that's happening, including. Mossy's Brazil as they kick off tomorrow. All right, we will talk again tomorrow after all of the uh, all of the action. Thank you again to everyone for reviewing and rating and downloading and subscribing and doing all the things that you do out there when it comes to the State of the Union pod. Thank you again to State Farm for uh, presenting this. And until then, and as always, my friends, from Sydney, Australia, size the day! Size the day!